Godzilla. Top shelf, other side, what? Ready for the action, meet me on the app. Bought some killers with me, heaters on they lap. Represent my city, speaking on behalf. One time, creeping on me quickly, reaching for the What's going on, people? We are back at it again with the High Bud Tenders podcast. It is me, of course, Jarrell, and I have my road dog, my partner in crime, Rocky. What's going on with you? What's going on, Jarrell? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. The last time we were together, I was still like doing this vacation thing. I had five days off. Is this your last day? This or? is my last day. Right on, it's right been on. a great day. Good. Yeah, I'm actually right in the middle of a nice little psilocybin high, too. <laughs> We have a special guest in the building. Very special, very special. Woo-hoo. Danny, I'm going to have you give them the rundown because you have a lot to say, but I want you just to tell people who you are and uh, all that good stuff. All right, so my name's Danny Baranowski. I am a sales leader for State Flower Cannabis and Valhalla Confections. I also co-founded the Chamber of Cannabis, which I'm so excited to share with you guys all. It's... It's a whole uh, new nonprofit that's really gonna unite, designed to unite the industry. Uh, we're really here to shake things up, but we really want to unite the Nevada cannabis space and then take it worldwide. How did you get your start in the industry? So I will say it kind of started in uh, 2009. Um, I had been smoking weed for one month uh, of my life. I grew up Mormon, so I'll let you guys know that little clue. Uh, so I've been smoking for one month and I actually got arrested by a forest ranger. Um, so I was charged, had a felony cannabis charge. I had less a than month a in. one month. <laughs> <laughs> one month. So I had less than a gram of weed and I had a piece and uh, just happened to be in a national forest. Uh, so that falls under federal regulations. Um, since I am lucky enough and very privileged to be a white woman, I was given an excellent plea deal. Um, and I went on my way, um, still smoking weed, uh, tried a couple different careers. Um, I was a scuba diving instructor, um, and I lived in the Caribbean. I ended up surviving a catastrophic hurricane. And after that, I felt like, okay, so my career is on hold because, uh, my office literally got swept into the ocean. Um, I'm gonna move away from this. I need a break. I couldn't smoke weed while I was a scuba diving instructor. I really missed it because you're, uh, with the Coast Guard, they come in and test you, you gotta be legal. So I really missed weed. I went back to California and I said, I'm gonna be in the weed industry. And good Lord, I tried my darndest to hop in in California, but obviously that is so saturated. It's so hot. And so I was talking to my sister, just lamenting one day, like, I can't get in. I feel like this is my space. Um, I, I feel this connection to the plant. Um, and, and at this point I had been, you know, changing the stigma by um, helping someone in my family that I'm very close to Medicaid. Uh, so I had already, you know, started some of these things that are really important to me cannabis um but i just didn't have an opportunity and so one day my sister sent me a job listing for an international account manager um and it was based in vegas working for a dry herb vaporizer company and so i was like shoot why not i could definitely live in vegas right like i'm from salt lake city i've been to vegas you know 20 times why the heck not i you know i like to just uh 
take a flying leap into whatever I do. So started there. It was flipping awesome. Um, It wasn't working in cannabis directly. It was doing a lot of education. Uh, A lot of Canadians I dealt with. Mm -hmm. I was in Canada quite a bit, and I love Canada. And that's where (laughs) I was first exposed to dab bars, consumption lounges, like Canadians, why do you think they're so happy and so kind? Probably because they can smoke weed anywhere. Yeah, uh, right. Totally. It's a trip. I totally. remember being in Toronto, um, smoking a joint on the street, and the cops are across the street. And to my Canadian friend, I was like, "Oh, oh my God, what do I do?" And she's like, "You can smoke it here, bro. Anywhere you can smoke a cigarette, you can smoke weed." Nice. And I was just like, "Wow, how progressive." So, long story short. Um, Someone ended up seeing me speaking at a convention, educating people about cannabis. And uh, they said, you know, hey, we have this job opportunity for cannabis in Nevada. Do you want to take another flying leap into something a little bit different? And I said, absolutely. So long story short, started from the bottom. Now we're here. Yes. (laughs) No, that's good. And then, okay, so... Honestly, this took a really nice, and I want to say, I want to almost call it a political turn for you a little bit. Mm-hmm. How did you get into the political drive in the cannabis industry? So when I uh, started, uh, so when I moved here, I was looking to make new friends. I wanted to be involved. Um, I had always been really interested in politics. Don't tell too many people this. Um, so, oops, this is on a podcast. But uh, <laughs> I was president of the Young Republicans in high school. Okay. And that was to rebel against my dad, who was a Democrat. So, I mean, you know, just one of those things. At this moment, I absolutely would never classify myself as a Republican. However, I have always been, had this, you know, interest in politics. Um, I used to, as a kid in the newspaper, read, uh, the political editorials. Like I'm a huge ass dork. Um, so anyway, um, I found out about normal, which is the national organization for reform of marijuana laws. I went to a meeting. I saw Tina Ullman speak. Um, it was, she had been on Fox news advocating for cannabis, um, up against some gnarly people. I can't remember the... Oh, Laura Ingram is who she was talking to. Holy cow. Whoa. Yeah. Right? Huge. Of all people, I just huge. got chills because she scares me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, I saw her speak and they started talking about, you know, you can be involved. You can go to Carson City. Like, you can sign... You can do some work. They were asking for volunteers. And I think that's one thing in cannabis that a lot of people don't get is it just takes... It takes more than just saying you'll do something. It's doing that. Right. So, and it's that's the hardest part for everyone. But so I, I saw this community of people that loved cannabis like me, uh, dedicated to changing the stigma and directly affecting politics. So you know, while I was there, they, um, we all worked together to get legislation passed so that there wasn't pre-employment cannabis testing. Right, that happened a year or oh, I guess two years ago now. And that is such a game changer for Nevada in our economy. Yeah, totally. Right? And people Huge. still don't know about that, by the way. I, I, oh, I I'm going to tell you, every time I speak to someone in the cannabis industry about politics and cannabis, it is literally a five-minute conversation tops because you realize how many people are not informed and really, and honest, honestly, have very little interest in what's going on in that climate. And I think that if they understood, they'd be definitely a little bit more inclined to learning more about what's going on in the political climate of cannabis. It's crazy. And I think, um, you know, a lot of us believe that we are changing the stigma. 
And one easy way to do that is to go into your community and show that we as stoners are more than just stoners. We are not these lazy, stereotype, you know, dreadhead losers. We are professional people that have hobbies, that are making podcasts, that are, um, you know, working out every day. Um, and, and again, it's just going into the community, uh, being involved, being engaged, but making that effort. And, you know, we talked about this earlier uh, before we started this podcast, but it's just... Um, the opportunity for us to make history is so right in front of our face. There has never been an industry um, in the past at least 40 years that, you know, started from the ground up um, that evolved from an illegal space that's going into legal space. And we are the foundational pieces. We are making history. So let's make it right. Let's make it smart and let's do the damn thing. Exactly. Making it smart, that's the yes. key point. Like making it smart and having the, the right people be a part of those decisions that are being made. Because we like we were talking about it earlier, we got these people that don't know anything about cannabis just making all the rules and all the Yeah, making and all the money really. All the money as well. Yeah, yeah, they're making all the real exciting moves and they're making they can because they have the financial backing to do so. And really, that's more powerful than anything else. Um, but in favor of what you're saying, Danny, I 100% agree. And I, do, and I know Jarrell feels the same exact way. If you're passionate in, in this industry, you could do something big yeah. already. Just having that little bit of time under your belt, knowing even if it's been like two, three years, you have enough to teach and show and do something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Like this industry hasn't been around a long, a long time. So if you've been in it for two years with how fast it's evolving, I like to say for every one year, that's like seven years in any other industry. Yeah, we're working in dog yes. years, right? That part too. And then not only are we doing one job, when you work in this industry, you're wearing 17 different hats. So you're doing so much dynamic development and learning. Um, it's so incredible. I, you know, I can come in as a salesperson but if i want to do marketing because the opportunities are there and i have this expertise that no one else does i could leap into marketing no problem like again i don't know all these industries that have these corporate built out uh systems already in place you don't have that opportunity they don't have the same opportunity like if i'm in sales i'm in sales forever and i'm not ever going to get in marketing we get to learn so many skills because we're working cross-functionally across so many teams it's so true yeah. yeah like you can you go to a business like you say you work in sales that's it but let's say you, you work for an up-and-coming dispensary you might have to do sales you might have to do marketing you might have to do the financing and you can put that all that shit on your resume so 100%. the cannabis industry is like it, it opens up so many doors in so many ways that people don't understand yet. And that's what I think like the misconception is. Yeah. But then you have many hats, right? Oh, so yeah. now, as of right now, you're working for State Flower and Valhalla. Okay. Mm-hmm. Full, yeah, so that's my full time job, and then I would say my other full time quote job is I volunteer with a nonprofit by co founding it. It it not only 
as it changed my life. It fills my cup, but oh my God, I have no time. So my new rule for the past eight months is no new friends and no go. new hobbies. Okay. Right. Do I do that? No, but I'm really, it's like a new year's resolution. I'm really trying, but right. I mean, I've, I want to learn how to roller skate, you know? So right. I might. I just totally. Might. So for the mind pops, those people that are real conscious with their money and they're trying to break into the cannabis industry, right? They're going to think to themselves, why the chamber of cannabis? It's not like when you move into like a, I get it because when you have a business, you're like, oh, let me join the state chamber. You know what I mean? Get to know who what's going on there and really rub elbows was, with people. I was people. about to say, yeah, rub those so, elbows. So, one, there's that, mm-hmm. right? But more so than not, people are more like, you know, honestly, people that don't have a lot of money and they want to break into this cannabis industry and they're starting like rubs or they're, you know, they're doing like lotions and they're doing all kinds of different things. What is the benefit of joining the Chamber of Cannabis? Oh, so many. So first of all, um, this is on our website. Check it out. We are the dopest chamber in America. Okay, that's point one. And point two is just like a Chamber of Commerce, we unite industry professionals so it's people from all different aspects from marketing from fingerprinting uh, like ancillary businesses all the all these different aspects of industry leaders who are all coming together with one common goal and that's to elevate the industry and i think a lot of people have a misconception that people in our industry you know we're you know gatekeepers of some secret i don't think that's the case i think a lot of us are so excited to share what we know and work collaboratively i think maybe in the beginning it was secretive but at this point you know we got the internet uh nothing is a secret about cultivation or production things like that so i think people are more open to sharing what we know helping other people get into the industry um and there are so many needs um you know because we can't do traditional marketing um we have to find you know other ways to fill those spots and i found at least with uh you know like new businesses that want to come on board new opportunities right now that's all word of mouth Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people i think in the chamber again that's another thing we do is we want to elevate people that want it that if you have the drive we want to help you get there and we need we need talent in this industry um so it's we're just super open to and with open arms we want everyone to join and roll with us that's one of our uh, ethos is roll with us so we get to do the coolest job in the world and something i personally say and believe is uh, if there's a piece of the pie for everyone and if we all put our pies together then there's a bigger pie and there's more for all of us to eat and all of us are going to be so dang happy everybody so eats. Right. everybody eats yeah. <laughs> right we're breaking bread at the table yeah. Come on now. and i think that that's what people who are starting businesses that's where that's the key people look for people and they pay consultants that have no, zero cannabis history. Some of them, most of the, I think, I, if I had to guess and I had to take a poll, most of them don't even smoke. Mm-hmm. They no. just in consulting and they think that they can consult directly into this industry and break right through. But, you know, there's a lot of uh, color to this industry. And you'll find that being able to get together as a community of cannabis uh influencers and mind people that just have cannabis minds and get together they could do bigger things together as opposed to other people taking your ideas 
Yeah. And capitalizing on those ideas because you don't know how to market yourself properly or you just don't have the right backing, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost like having that backing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, another thing they throw at us is that our licensing and compliance regulations are so difficult and so confusing to navigate. So people are really intimidated by the thought of starting something new. But there are so many holes in this industry that have yet to be filled and so many opportunities for businesses that we don't even know about. And, you know, so with the chamber, we want to help people develop any any sort of idea you have that's that's the thing you join our chamber and we share our net, network of experts and leaders with you and beyond that why should anyone join the chamber we're working really hard to get some legislation passed to provide some economic recovery some new opportunities for commerce and ideally to revitalize these brick and mortar mom and pop businesses that are struggling now going out of business they should have access to cannabis business not just all these rich white guys in rounds one two and three of licensing um i i don't know did you guys see the graphic that the ccb put out about um the racial disparity in leadership no i don't know if i want to hear this i know (laughs) you said that i wish this was a, a zoom so i could show everyone but um i will show you just uh you can see you know who's running the show and it's 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 not great, honestly. It's kind of sad and embarrassing. And so I think, you know, we can't go back in time and take licenses away from people. At this point, I don't believe that's the, that would have the proper recourse. I think, you know, then you, people are going to sue the state, blah, 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 blah. So what we can do is provide these new lines of commerce, new licenses, um, you know, provide opportunity for social equity applicants, people that had no chance uh, or just weren't even considered because they didn't have the capital, the, you know, million dollars or whatever, you know, you needed to show the state before you could apply to the license. So we are looking to really change that. And then, you know, like I said, I think this will revitalize the industry. We're all coming together with more pieces for this industry. The pie is going to get even bigger. And flip we're gonna be the amsterdam of america once we get some social use legislation passed but until then and i think that's what attracted me to the chamber more than anything was the fact that um like i have the opportunity to be a part of change for the good you know for this industry right and like that's that's like the one of the one of the main reasons why we started this podcast because we wanted to like create that change. Yes. So when I saw like the you know the opportunity to join the chamber, I'm like, you know what? I think this might be, might be it because you're actually joining people from all over the industry, saying, okay, what's the best thing for the industry as a whole, and how can we make that change? And you guys are making it happen. So I feel like if somebody is sitting down wondering, you know, what can I do to help the industry? You know, it's only me. Like, individuals can join the chamber. You don't have to be at organizations, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We need every all the help we can get. We're all volunteers. Uh, we're not getting paid. Our membership dues are going directly toward, uh, we hired a cannabis lobbyist. Uh, we have to pay to print out these flyers. You know, nothing, none of us are getting paid. So, you know, we need whatever skill set you have. Mm-hmm. That could potentially help us. and Or we could teach you something. We just need anyone, anyone willing to help. Let me show you guys this graphic. The purple line is white people and these are the different roles on the bottom so it's about like i want to say 80 plus percent white people 
and then the rest is just you know minorities. I don't know if you need glasses. Yeah, I'll see it. yeah it's not great, you guys. Not at all. Yeah. And this was just this was just put out in January by the CCB. Um, and it goes into depth and it breaks it down between genders as well. The gender disparity is atrocious, um, but racial disparity, you know, there's 300 and uh, some like 311, 330, I can't remember, licenses. And only five are held by people of color um, and only one is held by a woman. So, right. <laughs> what? Like, yeah, that's crazy. that's crazy. So thinking about that, putting that into like real in-depth perspective... It blows my mind. And that's the reason why there's normal and that's the reason why there's chamber of cannabis yep. and things out there and take advantage of those um, opportunities that you have out there, especially if you're real serious about cannabis. Absolutely. If you want this to be your life, it should be just a way of going about things. Yeah. Right? Because that's what we should be doing. Gathering together and figuring out this thing because there's obviously walls that they're going to build continually, mm-hmm. especially for us, you know, people of color. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, it's yeah. it's difficult. Hundred percent. There's glass ceilings. They just keep stacking them on top, and like you got to just keep shattering them and having that drive and energy, just moving onward and upward only. And like like you said, we got to come together, give your ideas. Maybe there's something that we haven't thought of. Like, let's all collaborate and we're dictating what our future is going to, you know, be. How exciting. Like, like we all said, it's never, ever has this happened, ever. Yeah. So if you could change history, would you? I guess that's a question you need to ask. There and if, yeah, if you want to change cannabis history, will you? Let's do it. Right, exactly. <laughs> so if people are interested, let's say somebody's got a little small business, they have enough to actually join the chamber. What? What's the dues and fees and things of that nature, and how would somebody go about doing that? So we have three different membership opportunities. First is going to be our individual members. Um, so that's anyone in, in the community period that wants to be a part of change. One uh, Once we can have events again, you'll be in standing invite to all of our events. We do free workshops for professional development plus just access to our network. Uh, So that's going to be $59. Um, From that, it jumps up to our green business members. Um, So these are typically, you know, smaller businesses that want to dive in, but they aren't entirely ready to go full tilt. Uh, So that's going to be $500. And that's for the whole, until 2022. And what that's going to get you is a lot of notoriety and recognition. You're going to be on our website. Uh, We're going to talk about you on our Instagram. If you have any job opportunities, we're going to share that with our expert or with our uh, group, uh, a coalition, you know, of experts and industry leaders. Uh, We are going to help you if there is something we could help you with. We are always open to doing in-kind you know, trades, things like that. Um, furthermore, like I said, we're helping elevate you as, as, as many ways as we can. And that's the whole cool thing about us is we are open to creating whatever works and finding the best outlet. Um, so that's going to be green membership. Um, oh, and then also professional development classes, like I said. So we can come into your work. We can speak to the people. We can teach your bud tenders how to read C of A's. We can teach them how to write a resume, whatever is clever. And beyond that, we have gold, and that's $750. Um, that's going to get you a top spot um, on all of our uh, networking, our newsletters, things like that. Um, front page of our website. Oh, no, I think I got a turp sneeze coming in. 
<laughs> Again, standing invite. Um, part of your money goes into a bank for future events so that our events can be bigger and better. Um, you're helping us, you know, donate to our lobbyists. Again, we're all volunteers. We're not taking any money home. So everything comes back uh, into the chamber to help it run, be, a, be an operation. So off the top of my head, those are going to be top main benefits. And then beyond that, we've been lucky enough to have people that want to join us in our legislative efforts. So we have different campaign partners and these are the people that are like, Hey, eventually I want to have, um, this cannabis business. I want to be a part of this. Um, I want to be the, I want to have my name behind changing, uh, state or Nevada's, uh, history, Nevada's legislation. So if, if you feel like you, you know, want to donate a bunch of money to a good cause, um, we have different levels, you know, 5,000, 10,000 and 25,000. Um, so like I said, these are the people that are full in with us, are super invested, probably have a vested interest. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't talked about it too much yet, but we are actually, um, carrying legislation, sorry, we have a assemblyman carrying legislation for us, um, which is going to be for social use. Uh, what does that mean? Um, We're presenting to the state uh, two different model types, two different um, new licenses that would be created. Uh, there's number one is going to be the dispensary adjacent. This is the most palatable, especially to dispensaries. Um, but it's going to be, you know, you go into your Planet 13, you buy your State Flower 8th, um, and then you can go up to the, you know, Planet 13 pool club that probably is going to exist once this pops off. And you can smoke with your friends and you can, um, you know, have a nice day. Uh, we right now are selling tourists weed, um, locals too, and there's almost nowhere where they can legally consume it. So I always call that irresponsible capitalism, um, especially if we're going to penalize uh, people for that. That's just completely unfair. You can't even smoke in your car. The only thing that um, that sucks about that is the the graphic you showed us earlier. <clears throat> if it's mm -hmm. if it has to be dispensary adjacent, that's okay. Yeah. I, you're yeah. right. <laughs> you're right. And um, so I totally agree with you. And yeah. we do have to garner this support. Um, you know, the state is terrified that if we open this up, that you know, it's this old school war on drugs. <laughs> stereotype that they still have like that people will be you know DUIs everywhere everyone's gonna be high all the time like there's gonna be weed in schools now somehow like you just hear all this old-school rhetoric that doesn't make sense but back to your point that's why we are doing two license types so <laughs> because and honestly when we initially started we had three um but we do have to uh, the thing with politics is it's short you got to fight some battles and make some pick compromises your bottles, yeah. right yeah so ideally we would like to to open it up to everyone but we are doing what's called a fair market approach or sorry free market approach um so license type number two is we open it up to brick and mortar stores like a yoga studio a restaurant um you want to have a catering company something like that um, and this is to, you know, like I said, revitalize some of these businesses, especially in the pandemic that have just mm. gone out of business. They have no shot. Um, but what, how it would work is you would have to buy can, they would either have to buy cannabis from a license holder, um, or you could have cannabis delivered to you at the location. And then once a night, these people can have, you know, flow and flow and toke or whatever you want to call it, whatever marketing 
toy you want to make it. <laughs> uh, but the cool thing is that it's not just tourists coming here to smoke weed, right? There's right. locals that are really doing their part. Um, during the pandemic, I think it was Q3 um, of last year, it was something like um, without all the tourist influx, cannabis still made $86 million. Yeah. yeah. And that's from Thrive. people here. <laughs> yes. Right? So we deserve somewhere to to smoke and consume cannabis safely right. and legally in almost every rental. Um, it's illegal. So if you don't own your home, which is, I would say, a very large majority of uh, Las, Vegan, Las Vegans, uh, you're breaking the law and right. you're risking mm-hmm. your lease agreement and, you know, potentially could be kicked out and right. what so and so we're partnering with them um and they've done a lot of work with social equity in other states um so giving those opportunities to those that like i said minorities people that have um have been affected by the war on drugs um stuff like this so with them they're helping us write this language for our legislators because just so you all know the ccb in their when they came out with this report that i just showed you they said there is no social equity in Nevada. And they never gave any social equity applicants, you know, any privileges. And we haven't done shit for mm. social equity in Nevada. So it's, there's, there's like no programs or anything. Uh, no. So they were just like, it, damn, that's crazy. It yes. was, I'm, it's not too crazy, but. No, it's a little crazy. It well, is, it's crazy. It's, I guess yeah. like it's not surprising. There is an article written by Ross Miller, who is um, a politician. He, I believe he's going to be mayor of Summerlin or some Summerlin, but um, he wrote an article for Elevate Nevada a couple months ago that I highly recommend everyone reads about the licensing scandal and how fucked up and corrupt, sorry. Uh, yeah, okay. no, it is. Yeah, it was say a lot of that. Extremely fucked up, extremely discriminatory, um, extremely privileged way. Um, the FBI is looking into um, the going goings on because there's a lot of trade deals and you know people paying politicians to make deals. These back back backdoor deals. You know these handshakes at dinner that you know that the rest of us have no idea. And these people are yeah. so privileged, and you have to pay so much money to apply. So there were you know minorities and small businesses that wanted to break into the market. They saved all this capital just to be. Just don't have the access. They're no just, access. Yeah, yeah. So, when it comes time to write the leg- or write the licensing part of our part of this bill, we're gonna we're really so again we're in the beta stages right now. We're really trying to feel it out and like I said, working with other groups to make sure we do it correctly. But um, in my perfect world, social equity applicants get um, extra points. So they're, they get uh, more, they are privileged in that sense when it comes to they should be considered first. Um, they're getting these extra points. Um, the licensing fees are either less um, or the li- less for them or the licensing fees just are not a barrier to entry. Um, so I will say with that, um, if you look at what's going on in Oklahoma cannabis, um, the license costs, what, $2,500? And the problem is, is that that's crazy. Yes. That doesn't actually make for good business. No, it doesn't. It actually does the exact opposite. I couldn't agree more. It harms because you get people coming in that have big dreams, not very much money, and then they lose it all. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. and then their potential, because they're not, you know, they haven't built up the acumen, maybe they haven't really put in the work. They are doing catastrophic things to the reputation of cannabis. Yeah. Right. Harming the rest of it. We had a bud tender, um, shout out to Keevan from Oklahoma. 
yeah. pretty much said the same thing. Like, it's the Wild Wild West out there. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's kind of like super loose on, on the uh, the laws, yeah. too. Exactly. It's very, yeah. yeah. So, so said, weird. Like, like, people would come in, like, move out there for six months, then apply for, like, a license and yeah. right. set up shop and... Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. So you bring up a good point. Yeah, we definitely believe that you need to be a Nevada state resident. And then, um, so back to the whole uh, no barrier to, not as much of a barrier to entry. Um, I don't know. Like I said, in my perfect world, it's somewhere in the realm of $10,000. Uh, something that's, or exactly how much it costs to get a liquor license. That's right. what it should be. Yeah. Actually, I changed my mind. That's, <laughs> that's what, what it, should, it be. should be. Yeah. That's what it should be. And then what we also need is when these new licenses come on board. Um, and again, I think that... Um, there should be a little, you know, it should be a, a sort of serious amount of money so that only serious businesses are getting involved. Because, again, I think there would be nothing more sad than someone, um, a social equity applicant that thinks this is what they want to do. They just throw some money at it, life savings, and then they've never ran a dispensary. They don't know how to use metric. And so they're getting fined by the state and they're doing something illegal by accident because they had no idea and then their whole dream is shattered and then again maybe doing something harmful Ugh. for us that are compliant and working really hard to be compliant and good in this industry so Ugh, low, so there's that option or there's an op something that i was talking with someone else about and again this is just in my perfect world um we would have licensees um paying to help train these businesses and help supplement them to get them off their feet um, or maybe some of the excise tax is used uh, to help provide startup capital to provide resources um, I heard this gentleman that's the director of Wisconsin normal talking about um, if, if licensees would do these things they would train um, women minorities um, people of color um, it would be like providing pre reparations before they provide opportunity because reparations what does yeah. that mean but you know and some people operate you know teach a man to fish blah 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 whatever that metaphor is i can't remember to smoke too much weed yeah. but uh yeah you teach a man to fish um eats for a lifetime so providing them some skills a beautiful foundation for a successful business and then allowing them to for sure own the majority share maybe partnering with people if that's what it's going to take but um, the social equity applicants are the majority stakeholders, but they also have support. Right. Just like white people have a lot of opportunities and privilege, it's a similar way, but we need a little bit of funding and for forethought so that it isn't just a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you said a mouthful there, no mm. lie. Seriously. Yeah. And I, I get it. I the people that, you know, the... the the actual preconceived notion that you could just come out and start doing this um, without capital is almost like a really not well thought out situation at all. Asinine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that being the case, um, I feel like there's a lot, it holds a lot of people back from really doing great things. I know people that know so much about cannabis and would be such a resource, not only make their own money, but be a, net, a resource to just people in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they just can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just holds them back. Not only that, but they have family members in jail for the same shit that people are getting paid millions and millions of gazillions of dollars for. 
you know, and it's just like a, for us, when we talk about it, it's like a vicious cycle because I still know people that are in jail for the same, for shitty, petty ass crimes. And it's like, uh, I know somebody in jail right now has been in jail for about 16 years for less than a pound of cannabis. And it's just really ridiculous at this point that we still have to regurgitate the things. So again, when you think back about um, why is this important? Why is it important to have all these extra supplemental people that are in the industry that have like minds that are like, hey, let's all get together and do something important. And that's why I think things like normal and the Chamber of Cannabis are super important. And so when we go back to that, if you talk to bud tenders about politics, it's like, oh my gosh, it's very little bit of people. If you talk to somebody in the bud tending industry about Bitcoin, they will go on <laughs> for life. You can never shut them up about stocks and Bitcoin, oh, right? Yeah. But if you ask them about the industry that they're in, that they're so passionate about, that they've learned all these terpenes and all this extra stuff and you know you're sitting at home and you're enjoying you know your puff co or whatever was made for you so that you could smoke your luxury cannabis think about that shit yeah for 2.5 minutes and why is it important yeah that's like like you said what more can you do like you can do so much more for this industry yes so like you said while you're at home enjoying all that shit think about how you could help advance the industry for the good but hell yeah right put your knowledge to work exactly you know and like it's not like everyone is just figuring out a lot of things so that's something to think of too like you might be the first person that actually thought of something but if it's just a thought and you never put it into action then it's just a thought um so there is that huge opportunity for space and ideas and again it just takes a little bit of initiative a little bit of drive um, you know, and sometimes a little bit of help. That's it. <laughs> and exactly. That's it. And then boom, you there. A little help from yeah, your friends. Like we said all the time, there's so many voids in this industry. Like it's just waiting to be filled. So why not you? Right. Why exactly. Like we're in this industry, so why not be us that that advance it in the way we want to? Like, exactly. Yeah. Somebody is going to do it, exactly. and that's that's a way to think about it. Somebody is going to do it, and why not you? Yes, I have so many friends, and I get out there, and there's peeps outs and shout outs to all the girls out there that are, to all the women out there that are cultivating. Yeah. We love you. Keep doing what you are doing. Stay focused. Even if you have doors closed on you, or you're starting to see those opportunities dwindle, and you're like, well, I guess I'm going to have to go back to X, Y, Z. Stay in there. Look for your opportunities. Look for, to network. Find these people. They're there. And I guess that's, too, again, why we piggyback on resources out there. People think that there's so much lack of it, but you're not even looking. It's right there in your back door. You're not even utilizing it. You know what I mean? So for those people out there that think or have no hope, uh, somebody created it for you to meet up and be like, hey, help me with this situation because I don't know where to start. And I think that's like where the problem we face and when we talk to people all the time, especially butt tenders, they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do after this. Or they start something and they stop. They start some really fantastic idea. And I'm like, this could blow up and be huge. You know what I mean? But then they just stop because, you know, not only that, they've heard one no, 
right? You're going to hear a bunch of them before you get a yes. My God, we're not quitters, right? Absolutely. Uh, and honestly, you're in the cannabis industry, you could double that. You're going to hear 18 no's before you hear a yes. You know what I'm saying? That being the case, you just keep doing it because when that opportunity does arise, then it'll be a big thing. It'll be a big thing for you, yeah. you know? But we need everybody just to have the same like minds to share these kind of opportunities. That's why, like, I think I'm, a, I'm a, like, I'll challenge, like, every bud tender in Nevada to join the Chamber of Cannabis because why not? Why not? <laughs> I, I can't really think of a reason why not. If you really love the industry and you're really about it, like, this is the place to be, like, for real. Yeah. And I, I challenge, like, people in other states, if there's something similar, join it. If not, create it. Like, let's, let's start it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Let's all get on the same page right. and let's make it happen. And not only that, don't sit at don't sit at home complaining that you make cannabis. You you actually grow cannabis for fourteen dollars an hour, and you're sitting there and you're bitching and complaining about it. Or or don't don't complain when you have to put a hundred labels on one product. You know, let's let's get in there and be a part of that change, and let's get into these buildings and say, hey, this makes no sense. From the people that's on the front lines doing the work. This makes no sense. Yeah. Let's stop it. It makes no sense. Yeah. Zero. So, yeah. like, if, you, if you're if really about this industry and you want to see it change for the good, you have the, you have the opportunity to do that for real. Yeah, and we, I mean, I, I feel this way about myself and this is how I live my life, but I want to help elevate people. Yeah. Um, I want to bring, I want, this is actually what I say a lot, I want everyone to be as happy as I am. And if cannabis and uh, developing yourself or whatever it is that I can help you with, I'm going to bring you right along with me. All ships rise with the tide, right? So we're all going to rise together. There's room for all of us at the top. Um, You just have to take that, like I did, you know, when I was telling you guys earlier, I just took that flying leap into the, quote, unknown. But the nice thing about the unknown right now is there's, a whole bunch of other cannabis homies that are here to carry you, to help you. They want to watch you succeed. Um, you just have to put a little a little pep in that step and, and go for the dreams. Shoot for the stars. Yep. So yeah. with it. Yeah. And can I just go back to your point of female cultivators? Um, one thing I definitely want to speak about to any men out there in the cannabis space um, you know, this is a female plant and we got to have all the respect for the mother. And um, one thing that all men can do in every single employment place is to help elevate women, especially when they're being diminished, they're being talked over, they're not being heard. You can be an ally. You can hold space for these women and say, hold on. I'm sorry, sir, we're going to, you know, let her say, say her piece. So that's one really impactful way that you can... Um, continue to help women elevate themselves in this space so i think it'd be a damn shame if if we got away from the fact that this comes from a female plant and there's so many badass women and i want to see them in more roles than just marketing and hr if that's your jam fuck yeah but if you want to be if you want to be at the executive table you fucking deserve a seat and like i'll i'll help you get there yay that's what i want to hear no doubt Dan, you fucking killed it. We appreciate you. Thank you so yeah. much. I'm having a blast. But before we let you go, we have to know what you've been smoking on. Oh, my God. Okay, so 
Oh, so state flower. We just popped off with a bunch of new genetics. Um, been absolutely loving. It's a beautiful thing when you work for a cultivation. Uh, the first harvest is pretty pretty good, and then the second harvest is better as you get to know how these plants operate, what what love they need. So we're popping into harvest number three, and these terpenes are beautiful. I'm seeing things like linalool, osamine, mm. these sought after terps I haven't seen in a while. Cool genetics. So. Uh, long story short, Flow White number seven, uh, gotta be one of my favorites. Fry State Flower, uh, what else? Um, I love the Garlotti. It's not mm -hmm. a, a high tester by any means, but I'm really into those stinky, funky garlic, uh, garlic strains. They just give me the best high. Oh yeah. <laughs> and me then too. that's what I'm smoking on. What I'm dabbing on. I'm definitely gonna be plugging State Flower again because we uh, State Flower collabed with City Trees. Uh, we gave them our wedding cake, okay. and you know what they say about input equals output, yeah. and our wedding cake is flame, so is. live, yeah, we made a live batter that is flipping so good, it tastes good, it makes me feel good and happy, and I'm a big fan, I highly recommend it to y'all. Do you dab more, or you smoke flour? I dab more, dab for more sure, flour. like, okay. I made that joke earlier, you can't yeah. spell Danny <laughs> Baranowski, which is my name, uh, without dabs, Dang. okay, yeah. it would be a different name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> State Flower has a really, really good one. I love their Chem 91. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of my like favorite. You know, it's hard to find a good one, and they pretty much nailed that. That's, always testing high. Yeah, mm -hmm. always testing high, good terpenes, nice t quality taste to it. Yeah. So, yeah, for you sure. You want to hear a funny story? Yes, so, always. So, um, when I was married, me and my wife was doing uh, marriage counseling. Uh -huh. So I was talking, just happened to tell her I worked at a um, dispensary. And she was like, oh, my son, you know, he's a cultivator. I'm like, oh, yeah? She's like, yeah, you ever heard of State Flower? And I'm like, yeah. Like, we carry his stuff in there. And it was just like, <laughs> and she's like, yeah. You know, it was, just, it was just funny. And I was like, okay. But, uh, yeah, that didn't work out too well. But <laughs> No, but I mean, I get it, though. Yeah. Like, when you see people come in all the time, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I know the person who. And for me. People tell you that shit. That for me, that's like gold. Hell yeah! You know what I mean. I want to know more. Yeah. I love hearing those little stories. And like, don't you think it's funny? It's like you know how there's like the seven degrees to Kevin Bacon. You can always find a weed person. Like it always comes up, especially if your whole life is cannabis. Like you're gonna have these conversations, and you have some damn good, interesting conversations with people about weed, about their mom, or yeah. about you know they met Tommy Chong. Like I, I flip and love it. It's so cool. I love it. What you been smoking on Rocky? Um, I actually. Shoot, there's been so many different things that I've tried just as, as of late because I've been trying to mix it up a little bit. But I did get that batch of Orange 43, so I've been kind of really enjoying the hell out of that. Um, and also, too, I did pick up some GLP grape pie um, just because it came back out again. A nice little drop came through, so I had to grab that. Um, but really it sounds regurgitating at this point, <laughs> the situation, but what I do have here, which I am going to be smoking here, uh, uh, shortly is some state flower that, um, you have brought over to us and what did you get, Jarrell? I picked, I got the, uh, the flow white number seven. And I that got the Dosi Lotto, which I've been wanting because I'm a big Dosi Do fan. Mm -hmm. I know already by just saying it's going to probably have a gelato. 
cross in there. Stop it. I can't wait. I can't wait to break this open. Let me know. And you, Jarrell, what's been going on and what's been going on with your smoke? I've been smoking the um Jeff Fuel Gelato from our boy uh Turpy Buds. Oh my yeah, gosh, that was player, really good. Personal growth. Yeah, so I've been on that a little lately. So yeah, I I, I I need to get some little traditional market situation going on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, uh Danny, we appreciate you. Um yeah, I can't say it enough. Thank you. I want to also say thank you to you two because you're both leaders and really you are the gatekeepers of cannabis to the consumer and you do a lot of really important work and education and stuff that's way over your pay grade and <laughs> I'm looking forward to the day when you know people are educating themselves and they don't have to come to the dispensary and say like that you're not the doctor, the nurse, the pharmacist, um, and the life therapist, right? Yes. So y'all do amazing work and you know, let's let's change this industry together. Let's keep doing it. Right Excellent. On. So if anybody, uh, Danny, if anybody has any questions or wants to find out more information, what's the best way to get information on the Chamber of Cannabis? Absolute best way. Give us a follow and a DM on Instagram at Chamber of Cannabis. Or you can check us out on our website, thechamberofcannabis.org. Excellent. Uh, we're always on all platforms. We're at High Bud Tenders. If you want to send us any messages, feel free to go on www.highbudtenders.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom of the page there and leave us a comment. We'll be get, we'll get back to you right away. I'm always real responsive, and so is Jarrell. So if you need anything, we're around. If you have any questions, which you always do, uh, please feel free to send those over to us. We always are really happy to get mail from you guys it's yeah. really it really blows our mind to know that we have people in other states that listen to us and we just always want to tell you that we're super grateful for that I appreciate you appreciate so you. thank you so much and as always stay high butt tenders <laughs>